Hello and welcome to Sports Middle, where your favorite video game podcasters remember what it was like to be surrounded by sports. <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, head of Fanby Media, John Warren, and with me on my deserted island are Daniel Riando, uh, future editor in chief of Fanby.com. Almost EIC. Wait, Almost we'll EIC. See, if there's still like a planet and a website. On April 1st. Listen, we'll know. I, we'll know. <laughs> I believe in my heart, in my guts, that even after the world ends, fanbite.com yeah. will remain like Good. the cockroaches and Twinkies and whatever. Um, <laughs> and us. And us. <laughs> That's Good. it. Uh, also with me is Guides Editor Dylan Skiffington. Hello, Dylan. Hi. Are you sure it's not just an elaborate April Fool's joke? Because April 1st is the day. Wait, yeah. what part? The world ending uh, the, the or Danielle? Danielle being an ESG. Oh, no, no, no. No, that's that's why I I wanted to avoid actually announcing it that day because then it would be it would be weird. It's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah. Uh, it's a yeah. funny funny business joke. Also with us is uh, social editor Nikki Grayson. It's a me. Nikki wow, that's it. Nikki no banter. That's all I've got. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, okay, no, no, no let's take it again. Okay, let's take it again. again. Uh, and joining us is uh, <laughs> social editor <laughs> Nikki Grayson. Hey guys, what's up? It's me, Nikki. I love sports and I'm here to talk about them. Wow. Is that better? Yeah, it's pretty good. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Gosh, I miss Mike and Mike in the morning. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, Also, uh, a very special guest with us. Uh, We're very excited to have her on the show. Uh, Fernanda Prates from uh, the Athletic MMA um, is joining us. Thank you, Fernanda, for joining us. This is very exciting. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I just don't have anything witty to say right now, so I'm just going to say hi. <laughs> it's really okay. It's really yeah. okay. Thanks Thanks for thanks for joining us. I, I'm uh, Just for some context for you and for maybe the listeners at home joining us for the first time, uh, the four of us over here at Fanbyte, uh, like several months ago, decided that it would be a good idea to start a sports podcast, and we only mm-hmm. started it last Wednesday when everything <laughs> was canceled. So <laughs> good we know crucially I mean, people are at home, they're bored, canceled. they're looking for things to watch and listen to. I think that was like a lot of vision, actually. Thank oh you. my gosh, thank you. Thank wow. You. Fernanda, we might wow. have you on every single podcast. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, my is... schedule's right open. My podcast got canceled, <laughs> oh, so no. very I mean, available. I would, th- I, I, would oh. say, I would say maybe that's my first question is just kind of like, you know, we're we're video game uh, journalists. I use that word very loosely, but we are. That's technically what we are. And so, you know, obviously everyone's staying at home playing video games and business is booming for us, uh, unfortunately. But for sports journalists, like, what has this been like? I mean, I know MMA is a bit different than than the other leagues that have, that have kind of reacted to this. But, like, what are you seeing kind of from your uh, from your vantage point? Yeah, my case is like a little weird because I don't, so I am in Brazil, I'm Brazilian, and I work for an American website covering MMA, so I'm part of a very small bit of the population, (laughs) which includes basically only me, uh, and Guilherme Cruz, who works for MMA Fighting. Uh, So we're in a very specific type of coverage, but, uh, and also with The Athletic, uh, it isn't affecting us, I guess, as much as other websites because The Athletic is very focused on 
we aren't very event specific in our coverage, you know, right. like our, our whole thing is just like stepping out of that and just doing like bigger pieces and columns and stuff. So in that way, I think our workflow hasn't been all that effective. We're just trying to get more creative because, you know, it's time to, we have to write about something, but we, we already had some stuff like we were working on that had nothing to do with events that helped. Uh, but I do feel like, I don't know. I feel like the consumption is a little bit different too. Like the mm -hmm. way we have to think about what we're writing is a little bit different because people are at an entirely different headspace. Um, so that's what I'm feeling with the line of work that I, that I'm in, but I do, um, wonder <laughs> what it's like for people who are, you know, here in Brazil, like soccer is the main thing, right? And a bunch mm -hmm. of the state, uh, championships I was reading up, like, some of them are suspended. Some of them are taking beh uh, place behind closed doors. Uh, I read it that some of them are actually still having crowds. So um, that is just wow. not very intelligent, but that's what happens. Uh, so I, I'm actually curious to just turn on the TV on a sports channel and see what they're up to because it just, it was already a struggle to fill the, the schedule just with soccer. So I'm kind of wondering right now what they're doing. But yeah, I feel like it's really the time to just get creative and just step away from the news cycle and for the websites and the yeah. people who are more used to that, it's going to be an easier adjustment. I guess, I guess that makes sense. I mean, because yeah, you're, you're right. The athletic and, and a few other outlets they they have kind of hung their hat at least recently on kind of more cultural prestige coverage, which is, you know, as we use a term we use in the industry is evergreen. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, gross. Gross. <laughs> um, and and yeah. that stuff is that stuff is great. I mean, that stuff is is easy to consume at any time. It, it's interesting. You know, you brought up the the Brazilian media just really focusing on on soccer right now, and even that's tough to fill. You know, when you you know ESPN is really the leader here in in the U.S. Obviously, and you know, obviously, soccer is not the only big sport here in America. But until NFL free agency started like yesterday or two days ago, like ESPN was wild for like six days there because they they just had nothing, nothing to talk about, which is yeah. so interesting to me when you see an outlet that's really, you know, hanging 90 to you know 80 to 90 percent of their coverage on the actual news cycle. I it's just a, a, a very unprecedented time. I'm actually. As we speak, I have a friend. I used to work at a sports channel called Sport TV. And um, it was all sports, but mostly soccer, like everything in Brazil. And I'm just texting a friend who who's working like right now as an editor. I'm like, dude, what, are you, what the fuck are you guys talking about? So hopefully he'll answer. Live <laughs> <laughs> update, yeah. And I can bring yeah, that to yeah. our discussion. Because <laughs> I literally what? just texted him. He works for an afternoon what? show. And it was already a struggle because it was like three hours long. So I am really curious to see how they're oh, doing God. with that. How do you fill all that time? It was oh already gosh. awful, so I don't even know. Like, it was already boring. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. I'm, yeah, I'm over soccer just because, like, soccer coverage is just spread. They just try, like, a debate show will go on for, like, two hours, and it's, like, four white dudes <laughs> discussing a lot of minutia of a play that we just saw with our own eyes because we have replays, but they're just, like... <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I mean, welcome. Hey, listen, 
Fernanda, I mean, I, I invite you, like, you know, ne next time you're in the States, come to LA, we'll, we'll sit down. I will take you on a tour through all of, uh, all 20 of ESPN's channels and how every single show <laughs> is basically what you just described, is four <laughs> white dudes debating about stuff that we just saw with our own eyeballs. It so it's, so it's, it's pretty wild. No me, I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, my friend answered, yeah. I was like, is there anything to talk about on air? He said, well, no laughs. We're meeting. <laughs> we're, meeting, we're meeting with the the, the board of the direction right now because like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have some, some stuff to figure out. So live update. I love this. As things develop, yeah, let us know. <laughs> yeah. With your friend this friend is actually my ex boyfriend. Just to spice it up. Oh, even better. Oh, yeah. even better. Even better. This should um, be like a movie plot right here. Like, <laughs> what does the ex say? You know, like, what's going on over there? What's going yeah. on down there? Danielle, Danielle, I'll let you kind of steer the ship on kind of, uh, you know, MMA has responded to this very, very differently. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Dana White especially has reacted to this very differently. So I kind of want you to lead some of the discussion on, on how different their reaction has been. Um, and I can chime in too with some stuff about professional wrestling, which has got some similarities. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you just sort of asked uh, my main question. I want to hear from the, the sort of actual MMA journalist here, uh, like your take on just the it, it feels like and this is, you know, me as a fan of MMA and somebody who, who, you know, trains in New York and is just in the sort of gym scene here. But people are really denying that this was a problem uh, for a really long time. I mean, like. I just a lot of jokes uh, there there was like the flow grappling guy who was just like nobody gets sick everybody who buys tickets for our events are, are 25 to 35 year old males it's fine it's not a real problem uh you know like a week ago not even maybe 10 days ago a week ago and now it seems like okay uh the MMA world is being kind of I guess <laughs> dragged kicking and screaming yeah. is maybe a good <laughs> that's good enough <laughs> image for it yeah all <laughs> right uh, uh you know high kicking and teep kicking and screaming, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I wanted to hear your take on it because you, you are in this world every day. I just kind of am a fan and, and, and train a little bit. Dude, it's that, but that's the thing though. So I was on the ground, I was in Brasilia for the last yeah. UFC event to happen, right? <clears throat> so I'll just give my, my account of, of how it went down there because yeah. a lot of us weren't taking it seriously. It escalated so sure. quickly. like. There's really no handbook for doing sports in a pandemic, I guess. So we're just kind of like feeling our way. And uh, so getting there, I got there on Wednesday, right? Everything's just fine. Everything's easy. For those who aren't familiar with MMA, there's sort of a structure to fight week. You will get there on Wednesday. Usually there's this thing called open workouts. Um, this wasn't even going to have one, but usually there, there is. And then on, on Thursday, there's this thing called an ultimate media day where the athletes are just available to give interviews. And then on Friday, you have two weigh-ins, the morning weigh-ins when the athlete goes and effectively hits the weight of his division. Uh, sorry if I'm being over explanatory, but, um, no, 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 <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Uh, and then the later, uh, later in the day, they do like the, what we call the ceremonial weigh-ins. They step on like a fake scale, which is, it's just basically for the fans. It takes place inside the arena yeah. that holds the event. Um, and they'll go there and that's when they face off too. But so usually that's the, 
the structure we go into a fight week sort of expecting to obey. Uh, I get there on Wednesday. I thankfully already had three interviews scheduled before the, the, the official schedule started. Um, so I spoke to three athletes on, on Wednesday afternoon, went back to my hotel, went out for dinner, and then we get the news that the governor of the state had issued a decree that didn't allow for sporting events or anything that would gather more than 100 people in a single place, right. uh, that it wasn't allowed to happen. And I was like, this is such an exaggeration. Because at that point, <laughs> yeah. it's so weird. I was I was just getting back from Canada. I spent like three months in Canada. I got back the day before. Everything was fine. Like the airports were fine. Everything was fine in Toronto. And in Brasilia, we had like two confirmed cases. So I'm like, this guy is like, what is he doing? Like this doesn't call for it. And Brazil is like a fucking shit show. So <laughs> you never expect them to act on things until it's like the last minute. So we are all caught by surprise. Yeah. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't. And so at that point, it's not, I, I'm not going to say no one, but like most of us, myself included, I wasn't even worried about the virus. I was just like, yeah. oh man, am I even going to have a freaking event to cover? Is it going to be closed doors? Is it going to happen? So that that was kind of like what was on our minds. Like we weren't thinking future events. We weren't thinking anything. Like we were just really going with what was happening. Then Thursday, they canceled the media day. Um, and then we're like, okay, this is getting real. But at that point, they hadn't confirmed what was going to happen. They hadn't confirmed it was going to be behind closed doors. Like we just saw it on the news. We didn't know. Um, and then we're at the host hotel hanging around all those fighters with all their corners, they're mostly catering to themselves. So like, in hindsight, uh, I could have acted a little bit yeah. different in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so we're just like, kind of just, oh my God, how's going to fight? We got, like, what are we going to do? Have to work on? Like, these are our concerns at that moment. None of us is like, oh yeah. my God, am I not too clever to be here because fighters, they come from all over the world and then have corners from all over the world. So the thing was right. a fucking Petri dish and we're just <laughs> there, like, yeah. just chilling, <laughs> hugging everyone. Like, I don't care. Um, so that, that, that was kind of the mindset. Uh, but to answer your question, like about the response, I think it wasn't until like Friday. I think that it really started to dawn on me that, wow, this is just like not a very responsible thing to do. <laughs> I was even yeah. talking to one of my colleagues, Ben Folks, who works at The Athletic. And uh, I was saying like, oh, but here, like, it's not that bad. Like, I don't think the panic set in. So we're not really all that worried. And then Ben was like, dude, there are people flying from everywhere. Like, you should be concerned. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yep, I should. Um, and that was the response though. And even still, like I went to the weigh-ins were off, uh, morning weigh-ins, we were more pissed that we couldn't cover it than anything else. And then on uh, Saturday, they brought the athletes to us in a media room outside of the arena. So we weren't allowed inside the arena because of the law, but we still covered it. Uh, the athletes were taken to us. So it's kind of like... And then I'm starting to really feel like, oh man, maybe this shouldn't have happened. Um, and then the UFC was kind of like you said, everybody in the sports world. And that on Wednesday, we started noticing, right? The NBA and things like that. That's when we started really right. paying attention. And the UFC at that point is in denial. They're like, 
We're not yeah. going to cancel things. We're going to move it to the Apex, which is an, uh, like a facility that they have that they could hold a closed event. And then Nevada is like, oh, no, you can't. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. they really had to have their hands forced to even cancel three events. So, right. yeah, I think I don't know if they saw an opportunity, like maybe, you know, there are no sports on. We're the only thing on. Um, yeah, I right. don't know if it was and just like our, we don't want to lose time. <laughs> yeah, and Dana is BFF yeah. was with Trump too. Of so, course, yeah. No, there, part, there's a lot. There's a lot of DNA here between them. That's shared, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, because yeah. at that point Trump is like, this is no big deal. This is an exaggeration. Yeah. So after Trump changed his tone, I feel like uh, Dana sort of followed suit. Yeah. Has any has any major fighter in any promotion tested positive yet? I actually haven't been paying attention to that. So the that's another thing. The fighters weren't tested before their fights. Yeah. Okay. The athletic commission. That's why. Said I know Randa Marcos it was saying she feels sick mm-hmm. right yeah. now, but it's not like she can just immediately get tested either. So. I mean, you, you, I feel like if Dana White threw his weight around, he could get a million tests, just like I guess David Silver did in the the NBA. Um, Probably. Because, I mean, I think I, I think I think like hundred players have been tested. He gets visas for everyone, so yeah. That's much harder. I, I don't know. I, I, I yeah. agree with you. I think that, you know, the least they could do after making these, because also there was a flight problem. Like they couldn't, you know, some of them might not even have made it home. That's, those were the realizations that slowly hit us, right? It's not, you don't think of all those things right away, but um, probably could. Like, yeah, Danielle said, like, uh, Randa Marcos posted that she just got back and she was feeling sick, but they wouldn't test her because she didn't qualify or whatever. Um, yeah, I just had a fist fight with another human person, but I don't qualify. Uh, right. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the only thing I heard from the people who are here. But at this point, I'm just like sort of waiting for one corner person to say a thing and all hell to break loose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely wild to me to think about even what it would actually take to do this safely. Right. What it would actually take to have some kind of safe, you know, fighting apparatus in a closed arena with no corners and like only the two fighters are allowed to go in and both of them get tested and nobody else can be there and everything else is like a robot. Right. Like that's how ridiculous it would need to be to even be safe at this point. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, absolutely wild. You know, like you see. uh, Yeah. I don't even think having, you know, um, like the the full body covering outfits would even I mean it's like this is this is contact right? this is body yeah. contact droplet exchange like droplet exchange is like if if any sport has droplet exchange it's MMA <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the, there's the more than droplets about, yeah yes, <laughs> exactly the fight we talked about on fan fight the other week was like the the Invicta Bantamweight Championship from uh God, almost two weeks ago now where they were bleeding each other's mouths, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. fully, you know, like, yeah. And obviously, fighters are t- tested for HIV. Uh, this would absolutely need to be something else. And, yeah. you know, maybe something down the line a few months from now, if anything is is sort of allowed to go on at this point, which we don't know. And all, all of this is just... I think it would be impossible, though, because that's the thing. So they talked about testing. Um, So the excuse that the commission gave uh, to my colleague, Guy, was like, oh, where there's an incubation period. So even if we test them now, like it might be negative. And then, well, it also might be positive, but okay. Uh, It might be negative. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
the reasoning was a little yeah i could poke holes uh, a little bit of that but <laughs> in that uh, sure <laughs> that, that yeah. it could be negative so it's like what do you do so you test them like two weeks beforehand then you isolate them then you isolate their them from their corners or you isolate them in their corners and then you know it's just it's insane like to make it to make this yeah. safe um would take so much time and so much money that i would say it's 99 percent impossible to do yeah. In my yeah. And that's and that's what White said. He he said, I guess this was yesterday. He said it's impossible. We can't do it. And so he did cancel everything through April 11th, which is also not that far from now. I mean, like, I not think. Not that far. Yeah. I mean, I th- it's I, like it's <laughs> like saying we can go back into the office on April 13th. Or something. Yeah. It's almost like we decided that. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, it's, it's became immediately apparent that it's going to be much longer than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, to, to, to maybe illustrate. Listen, I know professional wrestling is not a sport and you came here for sports middle. Okay, we're surrounded by sports, but but professional wrestling is full contact Shakespeare in the park, essentially. So like um, Vince McMahon, who Dana White, I think, has patterned a lot of his promotional uh, chutzpah from in the past uh, decade or so. Um, He he's he says full steam ahead on even having WrestleMania, even if it's in an empty arena in a soundstage in Orlando. But it's like, we're still dealing with the same full contact droplet droplet exchange kind of stuff where it's like, you can't do this safely. So they're just going to have this event on April 5th and I guess just risk it. And I feel like that's a tremendously irresponsible thing. And it's, you know, it's like even the XFL, which was Vince's, they decided to, to, to basically discontinue this, this inaugural season inaugural the second season, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Inaugur- yes. the, the second inaugural season. The second season. inaugural season of the XFL. Um, I mean, you, these sports are. I feel like those two by, sides say more than anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean for, uh, the, the, the sports that have canceled a lot are suspended. And by the way, I did say David Silver earlier. I completely uh, switched. Well, I was going to let you kind and of and Adam hang Silver, out but good lord. <laughs> um, but, it, but it's like, you know, the, these, these major sports leagues have uh, basically said, we, we just basically don't know when we're going to come back. I mean, baseball has said. Uh, sometime in May, but that's going to keep getting pushed. Uh, no one touches their face more than baseball players. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and I just don't... Do you all think, you know, Fernanda and Danielle especially, is Dana White someone that's going to push this and push this until he just has a, an unsafe event? And, and I mean, he's is he going to be the first one back, I guess, is is what I'm asking. I think he'll try to be. Uh, yeah. I, that's the thing. I think he'll try to be, but like he'll see that logistically it won't be possible just because he relies so much on uh, people flying. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. there was like a letter going around, like a message that they sent to like managers. Like if you have people who have a visa who can fight on short notice, like let us know. So they were already very willing to push this to be like, we want to make this happen, even if it's with these very young, unprepared fighters. Um, mm. Like, so it shows that they were really, really willing to go that far. I don't know about coming back simply because I don't know how it's going to. I have no idea what a week from now is going to look like because everything sure. got so yeah. weird in one week. Um, 
But I feel like, yeah, he's going to try to, but it's just so hard logistically. Like I, the only reason why Brasilia went on is because everybody was already there. I yeah. don't see this happening in another way. So, yeah. And Brasilia, especially, uh, that happened in the empty arena, which was in itself like a super interesting and weird thing. I just wanted to know if you if you had any comment on that, on the fact that like, you know, I was watching the fights the other day. I was, I was like running on my treadmill watching fights, which is like the thing that I do to keep myself from going bananas. Cause it's been like a week without jujitsu at this point, which is, <laughs> oh, just the worst. Um, <laughs> sorry to complain that I shouldn't complain. But, no, it's no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. lot. Uh, I haven't punched a person in a long time. So yeah, it's... see, Nikki, you're, you're, it's very, uh, yeah. you're deprived at this point. Yeah, I punched yeah. a dude yesterday, but like... it was like completely uh, outside <laughs> it of the gym. It was completely different. It was, uh, Unrelated. Yeah, it was like out in the open, so it's safe. Uh, I washed my you're hands right, out after work. <laughs> you wash your hands, you wash your gloves, you wash your wraps. It's all good. It's all oh, fun. Gloves yeah. And, yeah, gloves and wraps. That was that, yeah. <laughs> gotta protect those wrists um but uh yeah just it was so weird to like hear every every punch like echoing off the you know arena walls yeah. and to hear only the corner and to hear the commentary that was like they're doing that for the judges like because nobody else is making noise and obviously judges are maybe subtly sort of uh, influenced by you yeah. know how much noise and how much uh, excitement is generated I, I wanted to know like how you felt about how friggin weird that was and i know there's definitely some similarities to ultimate fighter and the you know the facility where they do the you know dana white's contender series and things like that but this seemed so weird yeah <laughs> to uh, me. all the fighters so after they went to the media room that's what i asked all of them um, yeah. what it was like to fight i asked them about concerns over the virus and i got yeah. way too many i'm healthy i'm not catching it responses uh that was alarming oh boy yeah oh boy. and a lot of and then i asked about the empty arena because i really wanted to be there just because it seems yeah, so yeah. weird and interesting and i asked a, f a friend who was there he does translation so he's like right by the octagon sure. Um, yeah. Derek, he's actually the one who appears on camera in the octagon in, in uh, translating. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and he said it was really strange. And for the fighters, everybody like said it was weird in a way or another. Like, um, but Damien, for instance, Damien Maya, he was kind of like, well, it was, yeah. it was historic. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> all of them said that it was easier to hear the corners, um, and they could hear the sure. other corner too. So that played oh, into yeah. it. The corners said that they could, that it was easier for them to give instructions. Uh, I talked to two of them. They both said that, but like, um, I think for the Brazilians, they really missed the crowd because sure. that's the thing. When you ask a fighter, they'll always say that once the cage door closes, they're not listening to anything else. It's just them and the other person. Like that's their go-to answer. Uh, but, you know, they're not robots, they're people. So I wonder, this yeah. this card went to nine decisions. That tied the record right. for most decisions in a single card. So, wow, yeah, that's interesting. It's insane. Uh, so we wondered yeah. backstage, like just, just talking, like sometimes the fighter's in the middle of a flurry and then the crowd like re gets really excited. Like, does that right. sort of help him pull the trigger a little more? Like, does that subconsciously... Like he doesn't even know. 
He's, he's saying, I don't pay attention. Maybe he doesn't. He's not like consciously paying attention, but we don't know uh, what part that plays. Like Daniel said, sometimes we don't, there's that theory that the judges sometimes like in a hard to score round, somebody cheered more, like the crowd was louder for a person. They, I don't know if that plays a factor, but it is something that we we talked about. So it, it it's as far as how it played out in the fights, it's hard to gauge, but we do have these interesting pieces of information <laughs> that it was a very decision-heavy yeah. card and a very quiet card. But they all, like most of them, said the same thing. Weird, strange. Um, Gilbert Burns said that he felt like he was going on a secret mission. Like, he was like, got out of the car, <laughs> like a hitman. Like, he said, 007. Like, I got out of the car. Nobody saw me. Just did my thing. Went back to the car. Super quick. And now, uh, oh one of them said that he didn't even realize he was fighting. He was like, oh, my God. I was like, I walked out. I'm like, the, the, like the cutman is, like, putting stuff on my face. And I go in there. I'm like, what is that? Like, does it feel like I'm fighting? And then, like, the, the door closed. And he saw the other guy. And I was like, oh, I am fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's oh, that's so wild. Oh my god! I mean, can you imagine if this was like your first fight? Like, I oh, kept thinking that god. as I was watching. Like, obviously, it, it's not going to be your first fight if you're in the UFC. Of You've course, fought of professionally course. before for years and years. But like, what if this was your first UFC fight? Right? right. Like, I, oh, first time in this level of the cage, and it's this dead quiet. It's that this. must be like just such a mind. There fuck, was one you know? guy, David Dvorak. He was. It was his oh, debut. Oh, it was his first. It was his first oh, UFC fight, but he's also a professional chess player. Oh my what? gosh! So what? Me, he his English wasn't that good, so like we try to like talk a little bit more, and it was like kind of there was a bit of a barrier there. But sure, sure. I asked him this because it was his debut. I'm like, what is? And he won, and it's like, oh my god, this is such an an occasion and you're like fighting these weird circumstances but he was like very oh yeah it was a little strange but fine no problem <laughs> like it's okay and just like kind of dismissive and then yeah he was a professional chess player just out of curiosity for 12 years oh my god wow. and then the same gym where he did like chess did played for i don't even know what's the yeah, adequate word for what hold up a sec at the same gym where he did chess or they just like training like I, i'm just imagining this like sweaty like box fans in the window uh everyone's like lining <laughs> up lining up at tables it's like the that's heavy a weird bag. club a chess fight club the first one <laughs> yeah. was chess fight club <laughs> get on the heavy bag and then move your rook you know, it's like. <laughs> well, he said that's how he found out about MMA because in the same place there was an MMA. That's I don't amazing. know. I don't know how one's mind goes from uh, I'm doing this thing with a board and then maybe I just should be punching other people, well, but. I mean, it's cerebral, right? I mean, like being a step ahead of your opponent is is kind of yeah. always always the name of the game, right? So it's what I, I asked them. Jiu-jitsu, uh, human chess. Yeah. So I don't know. I asked yeah. him. I was like, "Does Do it they? translate?" Yeah. It does. The king's game. The king's game. <laughs> Sorry for not knowing that. No, no. It's a, I asked him because of that. I was like, "Does it help?" I mean, it's very strategic and very. Um, and he yeah. said, yeah, 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 it really did help. And yeah, wow. it's called human chess. And it really is. I stopped jujitsu yeah. because it was too smart for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, yeah. I mean, I, I'm the, I, I go for a lot of very stupid moves. So uh, that might be true of me too. So that's fine. <laughs> 
That's Danielle. That's called dipshit jujitsu. So yeah, that's, what you're, that's, 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 what, that's what you're doing. I should get that on a rash guard. You, you know. Like, <laughs> exactly. Um, so kind of, I'll I'll bring Nikki and uh, and Dylan into the, this bit because I I kind of have a curiosity. Like you know, let's say let's say these sports leagues could figure out how to do things safely tomorrow, but it involved an empty arena. Is there anything we follow on this show? that would work mm-hmm. with an empty arena i mean well, in, in there terms was of creating a an environment that is like it, you know you can watch it like it's watchable yeah. like how much does crowd have, noise factor i have two questions yes do they still get to have the lady who rides the very tall unicycle and flips cups and or bowls onto her head at half like at halftime at the NBA games? sure you could yeah. still do a halftime show yeah <laughs> yes yes if if the if that's televised and i get to look forward to the lady flipping the bulls onto her head, then yes, I'll watch any NBA game. Okay. So, so Dude, what, we're what are we here talking about? about? Nikki? American sports so. are weird. <laughs> yeah, Nikki, do you want to explain Correct. NBA? Do you want to explain NBA <laughs> halftime shows? Because I don't think MMA NBA, really has this. NBA halftime shows are kind of just here's some people who can do weird stuff, and we just are assuming that you'll be entertained by the fact that they're doing weird stuff for 15 minutes. Um, so there's a lady, there's a lady, I don't know her name, but there's a lady who rides a very, she tours around NBA arenas throughout the season. So she goes to every single, ba- every single building throughout the season, and she rides a very tall unicycle, and she puts bowls on her feet, and then she kicks the bowls up onto her head and stacks them on top of her head. That's her whole show. There's another show where uh, they find a guy who does BMX really well and they build a bunch of boxes like at on the basketball court mm-hmm. and he just jumps on the basket. He just jumps on the boxes. Sometimes they have baby races. Other times they have dog races. Now hold on, hold on one baby second. Baby races? Uh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I've never seen baby races. What, what are you talking about? I've never seen a baby no, race. I've never seen a baby race. Ah, they just get a bunch of babies and then they put like they they put one parent on one end and then another parent at the other like end. Like a fucking corgi race or something? <laughs> yeah. Babies? yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh it's for God. babies. You're okay. kidding me. And then the baby, whichever, baby labor. Yeah, whichever baby gets to the other end, I think their parents win season tickets or something. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and my so my ex was like super into the NBA and I was I'm bored by basketball and now knowing this, I kinda regret not watching it. <laughs> yeah. This is how we get this is how we get people in, Nikki. We have to get people yeah. in to the cult of NBA by telling them about that's, the halftime shows that they're missing. That's legitimately why when people are like, I don't know how to watch the NBA, instead of like telling them to watch it on TV, I tell them to find um less than legal streams because most of the time these less than legal streams will televise the in arena stuff. That's true. So yeah. they'll have the like instead of cutting away to commercial, they'll cut away to the Wendy's like burger minute where they'll like bring out a blimp that's got Wendy's coupons attached to it and then they'll like go over section 233 and then just drop a bunch of Wendy's coupons on top of them and they'll advert and they'll show that entire segment that is amazing when do you think kiss cam is coming back next year never (laughs) never kiss cam is never coming back okay it's gone Dylan, does do hockey or NASCAR have halftime shows? Like, I mean, the Zamboni is no. kind of fun. I mean, hockey has between periods, but that's never televised. Yeah. That's just like for the people there because it's only like seventeen minutes. So it, most of the time, it's and they spend half of that cleaning the ice anyway. So it's 
very, very little time. Now hear me with, out. With like actual human but beings. The knights do things though, right? They, oh, they have they to, right? Oh, like they do a big thing, play. right? They have. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Vegas is like different. Vegas is different. <laughs> Vegas is different. <laughs> they're not a they're not a real <laughs> NHL team. <laughs> Um, uh, hear me out, Dylan. What if during in between periods they had a figure skater come out and then like okay. in in like while they're figure skating, they're picking up like the teeth and the bones and stuff that are on the ice. <laughs> oh, Is that a good idea? <laughs> the teeth and the bones. Yeah, the my teeth favorite and the part bones. of hockey. Full bones just pop out of the hockey the players. Bones. Oh God! Please. <laughs> but what about because ba- so baseball is something that is culturally very weird for me to understand because it lasts forever. It's very boring. Um, so my theory is that the only reason why it happens is because you guys can't drink in public, so you go to the stadium and drink. Uh, so this is my theory. Uh, so does it work without an audience? Theory. Wait, what did you say? No, but then does it work without people there? Baseball? No. Yeah. No. Nah. Well, there was one time. There was one time. Uh, I think I talked about this last week. A couple of uh, a couple of years ago during the Baltimore riots, they the like directive from the city of Baltimore didn't come down fast enough, so they had an Orioles game with no people mm-hmm. there, but it was on TV. And it was one of the most buck wild things I've ever seen on television because like you could hear all of the, you could hear both bullpens talking to themselves and to each other. You could hear the ball hit the catcher's mitt and then that sound reverberate. Like y'all were talking about the punches kind of reverberating around the stadium. You could hear it reverberate around this 50,000 person baseball stadium. Um, the announcers weren't even talking about baseball. They were just talking about how fucking wild it was that they were sitting in a baseball stadium that had no other people in it. <laughs> and I did still check out in the second inning because I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I'm not going to watch a baseball game. It's April. Um, <laughs> but, but, but it was still super like wild to watch. I just don't think it would work. Like, yeah, I just I'm, don't. Th- yeah, people go to baseball games, like you said, to drink in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah, a little I'm, sad, I'm, but I can get behind that. Maybe I would go to a baseball game now. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm really disappointed that the NHL didn't play any games without uh, people because they just canceled it before it got to that point. Yeah. Because I can only imagine how weird that would be because, like, the only thing hiding the players swearing constantly <laughs> is the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I, I I actually now now that you're saying that now that I'm thinking about just like watching a hockey game and the sounds of a hockey game, I would love to see one without a crowd. I would yeah, because, because like, even with the crowd, sometimes you know it picks up a stray fuck here and there. Right, like players just swearing. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, watch, just watch a just watch an Islanders game. Oh whoa, Nikki! You know what would work? Good one. It's a dunk. That's a dunk on the New York Islanders. Good one. I can I can do that because I've seen more Islanders games than is should be legal. I think tennis would work though. Tennis? Tennis? Yeah. Yeah. Because they have yeah, to be quiet. Tennis, they have to be quiet. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. And you're not touching your so golf also, I guess. Yeah, golf would also work. It'd pro- golf would probably be better. I mean, t- tennis is tennis is wild because I mean, if you have a if you have an interesting you know uh, uh, rally and and then it ends in some kind of dramatic fashion, there usually is kind of an uproar. 
I, I but if you if you had no crowd, you would just hear. Ah, oh. <laughs> Couldn't you just play? Couldn't you just play the sound effects from Wii Tennis <laughs> yeah. instead? Just like put those on a soundboard, and then just whenever, like whenever Serena just like does a spike, I don't know tennis. A spike. Whenever Serena like spikes the ball over the net, and everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I mean, uh, yeah, I think you could do tennis mostly without a crowd. I think you could do I, that. We did say golf, but golf wouldn't be complete without that one guy yelling Baba Booey over and over again, that's, so we couldn't do. That's true. Yeah, yeah any, any, anytime someone sinks a putt and it's late in the afternoon, there's always one dude that's had, like, I don't know, 20 beers, and he's just is like, <laughs> like, you can just hear him. Every single mic picks him up. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is uh, an odd time. I don't really know, you know. Sports are such a, a a fun thing to experience live, even though I don't particularly like doing it anymore. But I still get a lot out of of live crowd reactions, and especially in MMA, like you know, a lot of yeah. you know, it's exactly what you were talking about, Fernanda. It's like if you, I have to imagine that that crowd noise, even if they even if they say they're kind of drowning it out, they're only focused. If they land a big head kick or if they if they do, you know, back a guy against the cage, like that's that does cause a reaction that I, I have to imagine would actually change a lot of behavior, even at a micro level. So yeah. I don't There's know. There's energy too, I guess. Like yeah. not in a hippie kind of way, like I don't believe in that, but like it's just <laughs> there's something that as somebody who has covered a lot of events in Brazil specifically, because we have like a a wild crowd. Um, we're really loud. Like it's just so electric. Like you see Jose Aldo walking out. Like it's just a, it's such a moment. Like a lot of it is the moment. And then when even when he won, and then he hopped off the fence, and then went to the crowd, and everybody in the UFC went insane. Like all those things really make the entire experience. So it's like. I don't know. I think some people are more focused on other things, on the technicality or and and whatever, and they're okay with it. But like for me, it's just such a complete experience. Um, it's just uh, yeah. I don't feel like it's it just it's missing something. And I felt like even the Brazilian fighters in particular, because in the U.S. too, like the preliminary cards, they're usually empty. So yeah, fighters yeah. who are used to fighting early in the night. Even one of them, Honey Yahia, who is Brazilian, is from Brazilia. He said he fought uh, in the WEC card back in the day, and it was an early fight, and he said there was no one there, so this kind of felt like it. So, But fighting here, fighters, usually from the first fight, the arena is already pretty full. So, I don't know, it must be weird. I, I wish I was there just to see it, because I can't even picture it. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it is really interesting that this was a Brazilian card. Like that was this right that ended up with the timing this way. That was it's super, super interesting and weird because, yeah, of course, like every time I just noticing as a fan, you know, when when fights are in Brazil, there's a, a particular excitement for local fighters. Right. Mm. And there always is everywhere you go. Like local fighters are obviously like super, super hyped up. They have their crowd. They have their family. They have their friends, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, it's just so odd. So bizarre. Very, very weird. 
Um, the times are a changing and, and they're also changing for the National Football League. And listen, we can talk about the wow. halftime shows, the wow. National Football League. Jesus, we, we don't, what a fucking segue. Thank you so much. But I do want to talk about the fact that that touchdown Tommy, Tom Brady, uh, did announce yesterday morning via Instagram that he is leaving the New England Patriots. He's not going to sign a new contract. And it appears that he will sign a contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, to be their new starting quarterback. So he I went don't from know. New England to Tampa. Yeah. Like so yeah, like, many like, elders yeah. do. Like a bunch of retirees do. <laughs> yes, Frankly. Exactly. Yeah. Is it is it just because that they have a better wide receiving core yes. in Tampa Bay. I, 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 but I then, like, think, I did think why? about this. Uh, Mike Evans, who is the six foot five wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he is going to catch twenty thousand passes uh, this upcoming season, if there even is an upcoming season, uh, which we can also talk about. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I think he was just tired of of living in fucking Boston, wouldn't you be? Yeah, but the, yeah, but the, I can understand like, that. I can get that. <laughs> but then you're moving to Tampa Bay. Like the check's clear in Los Angeles. Oh, he's like, gonna, it's not like he'll live in Miami or something. Right. And just like uh, take a private jet up to uh, Tampa every week. Hell, I don't know. I have no idea, <laughs> but, it, but it, I, I care less about Tom Brady because I, I couldn't care. I couldn't care less about Tom Brady in a way, but I do think it's very cool. I, it's very significant for the sport and for the sporting world to look at. I think, Players who have left a team after a really long tenure or maybe a fighter who has left a prominent league to fight somewhere else. I know that was like more of a big deal a few years ago when they were kind of competing. Or leaving leagues. their gym. Yeah, leaving their gym. Sometimes. That's yeah. that's a big thing, too. Um, and so I kind of wanted to talk about that. Like, Nikki, did you see the image that someone shared yesterday of Akeem Olajuwon in a Toronto Raptors yes. jersey uh-huh. or guarding Patrick Ewing in a yeah. uh, Orlando Magic jersey? Yeah. If you had if you had asked me what other teams did those two players play for, I would not have been able to tell you that. <laughs> no. It's also it's like or like when Michael Jordan was for the with the Wizards. Oh, that was hell. And like I I went yeah. to, I went to a Mavericks <laughs> game in like 2002 or whatever and we were playing the Wizards and I was like, "Yeah, I want to go see Michael Jordan." And as I'm sitting there watching, I mean, this is no shade. I just mean I mean this from a a a context perspective, a yeah. fairly overweight like slow not explosive michael jordan playing in a uh what color combination would you call that early 2000s washington wizards Um, jersey blue 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 and gold like you described gold over the phone to a person or yeah 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 to me it looks yeah it's like it's almost a doo-doo brown with like flecks of gold in it it's a very weird Ah. it's a very weird color um and watching him play was a a very interesting kind of depressing for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so, like, I I don't know. Like, I, I've got, I've got a few examples. I mean, I grew up as a, a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. I still, unfortunately, am. Um. And when I I was in person when I watched Emmitt Smith break the all time rushing record in the NFL, and I I loved that player with all my heart. And then he left to go play for the Arizona Cardinals. And that was heartbreaking for me. Um, and so it's just weird seeing players stay in one place and then and then ultimately end up somewhere else. So I didn't know if anyone had like a fun example or a particularly you know interesting example of that from your 
sports experience? <sighs> well, there are definitely people where I'm like, man, that person would really benefit going to another gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, who is who is spinning their wheels in MMA? Like, who is spinning their wheels needs probably a change of scenery in that regard. What I'm happens curious. a lot in MMA in Brazil, particularly, is like, sure, um, it's got this culture of like loyalty, uh, and if you yeah. leave your gym, you're considered a traitor. Um, it's changing right. now, recently. Like, you see a lot of Brazilians go into American Top Team and things like that, but for a really long time, like. You had to be loyal to your team. Otherwise, like we have a word for it called Creonche. And, mm. you know, you would be considered like you would be sh basically shunned or people would look at you a certain way. Here in uh, Brazil, for instance, Vitor Belfort was a guy who did a lot of like changing gyms and people looked at him sideways for that. So um, for a long time, you had people who you could see that that was not working out for them anymore. And especially with younger guys, we felt bad. So they're like, this person is 21. Like, this is the time they could be really developing and doing things with the team that could really work to their strengths or, or just simply a matter of having sparring partners. Because sometimes you're at a gym where you don't have anybody to train with, you know, who you don't have many people your size. You don't have, it's not necessarily even about the coaching. Like, it could just be the environment. So... My, my thing with MMA, a lot of the times, is kind of like I feel like people have that thing with the loyalty and yeah. it isn't always beneficial. Um, uh, yeah. But I, yeah. I have been noticing that it's been changing. I mean, so that's a good thing. ATT, uh, American Top Team, is a team in Florida. Granted, it's got a lot of Brazilian ties, but it's a very high-level gym and a lot of Brazilians go there. So I already see changes in these people's uh, even just like the mentality in Brazil, like people would overtrain a lot. Like it's part of the gym culture here, like having sparring sessions every day. And, you know, these people are working themselves to the bone. And then you have like very young people who really just, just fizzle out. They're out of energy. They've like used up their bodies. I yeah. feel like there was some for one former champion in the UFC, Henan Baron, who that might be a case. He was making a really bad weight cut and training way too much. And then, you know, you could see that it was really part of the mentality of the place where he was at. Uh, he went to the U.S. eventually. In my mind, it was a little bit too late. So I think a lot of fighters could benefit from cha just, change just changing up even your training partners, you know, just being exposed to different types of, of bodies and, and, and techniques and weirder people to train with. Yeah. yeah. yeah Interesting. Interesting. Dylan, in, in NASCAR, they have teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, they do. Well, I just, I, I want you to do two things for me, okay? Oh, boy. I want you to explain why, why teams, okay. and then I want um, you to uh, tell me why Dale Earnhardt is the best of all time. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, uh, <laughs> you watched the video on the plane, John. I did, I did. I did and, that's, and that's what taught me a lot about NASCAR that I didn't know, which was there is this kind of team format and these this loyalty between teams. And when someone changes a racing team, it's usually kind of a big deal. So I, I kind of wanted some context on like, why, you know, in my head as a total casual looking in, I go, okay, they go vroom around track, winner is winner. Okay, cool. <laughs> but that's wrong. So like what, how do teams factor into how, how that race is, is done? 
for like a casual watcher, not at all. I mean, it, right. it's, it's weird because like there are actually like two teams. Every person's a member of two teams. There's the, the, the people who own the cars they race, and then there's the type of cars they race, right? That's so weird. Because like... Um, but there are only like three manufacturers, yeah, right? Three, three or right four. Yeah, there's like Toyota, yeah, it's Toyota f- yeah. Ford. Because uh, okay. Dodds dropped out. But like... Uh, so like on a team basis, it's just like who designs and you know makes manufactures your cars, um, and that's like who who pays for you, and like that's because cars are expensive. It turns out. Yeah. Um, but like, like thirty dollars or uh, yeah, uh, thirty million. No, I don't know. I don't know how much it's. It's in the millions. Um, how much but, uh, is a NASCAR car? Oh, here we go. <laughs> We're learning. Uh, a hundred and twenty. Oh wait, no, an old one. The pre-car of tomorrow cars cost one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Ooh, let's yeah. get one. Okay, let's set aside yeah. budget here. Is that I'm in gonna, the budget? I'm yeah. Want to make a note? Let's get a fanbite oh, stock car. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, on a, on a like uh, a, a owner basis, that affects some things, but that's mostly just like how good are their engines, you know, right. like that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's like the. Uh, the car they drive, which does have some of an effect, mm-hmm. uh, that's a lot. That's a lot lesser though, because th- those, basically, the field's divided into like thirds-ish. Yeah. Um, based on who drives what, in some cars, some body types perform better in some places than others. Um, but overall, teams don't don't super matter. And like even as like what you were talking about earlier with um, uniforms and stuff like that doesn't apply at all because their uniforms are just sponsorship. Of course. Like, that changes every week. Yeah. Like, whatever they're wearing changes every week. When did NASCAR finally stop doing cigarette stuff? Uh, I don't know. When did they stop being the Winston Cup? That, that's when. Yeah, I guess that's when, <laughs> huh? That was, I don't um, know, like, early 2000s, I feel like? Maybe mid-2000s? Because I that was always wild to me. It's just like... Even, 2003. Yeah, 2003. So, okay. even, even in 2003, I just loved NASCAR because it just still had, like, he's driving the Marlboro car, you know, and stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> wow, this is so... This is so buck wild. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, even even in, like, what you said, because uh, with people changing uniforms and stuff, like, obviously that happens in the NHL, too, but... Again, NHL is weird in that you're always watching from above. You're really never too frequently uh, level with the players. Like, they have some shots that are level, but for the most part, everyone has helmets on, too. So, like, when they change, you don't usually actually see them without their helmets off. Did you, did you, I I noticed when Gretzky left the Kings. I did notice that, that. I don't, I I never watched Gretzky, so I don't know. Okay. You were, you were, you were, you were a child. Uh, so I, I started guess, watching in like eleven. Okay, so. I guess I guess that yeah that makes sense. I I was I when when Wayne Gretzky left the Kings, I did notice that because it was very um, I, I don't know. I thought that was very strange. He was, he was, like, he was, I feel he was like the biggest anything, hockey player in the world, and it's just like a wild wild thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might you might miss seeing the name on a different jersey or right. like seeing it on the same jersey, but like that's about the extent of it. Because like I've seen so many people leave the Bruins. Yeah, and whenever we play against them, it's just like, oh, okay, like whatever. It doesn't <laughs> sure. feel weird at all. Sure, but maybe it, that's also because uh, hockey players move around pretty frequently. Yeah, unless th- there are like maybe five people on each team who have you know stayed with that team forever. Nikki, what's a weird one for you? Quickly, uh, a weird person who left. Well, yeah. there's that weird. There's the weird JPEG, and it's not weird, but there's that picture of Kobe from pre-draft. 
this like never happened, but there's this pic that picture of Kobe pre-draft where he's wearing a Celtics t-shirt, oh, like at yeah. a pre-draft workout, God, which imagine? is like sacrilege. Yeah. It's like sacrilegious. <laughs> yeah. uh, sacrilege? Sacril sac it's sacrilege. Religious. No, it's sacrilege. Um, that's that's fine. Word is word is hard. That's fine. Um, <laughs> that sucks to look at. Um, th this one didn't really affect me, but that first game when Brett Favre was playing for the Vikings. Oh, weird, right? After he left the Packers yeah. was like a bit that was like that was right kind of smack dab in the middle of when I was watching the NFL actively. Yeah. Um, and like even I was like with no like historic kind of uh, affinity for Brett Favre. Sure. I was like, wow, this is weird. Uh, and then he proceeded to have maybe one of his best seasons ever. Yeah. And then just kind of fucked it up there at the end. Yeah. Uh, kind of on the last play of the game. But uh, <laughs> that yeah. was kind of his whole that deal. Was weird. That was actually that was his whole deal. whole deal. It was kind of like, yeah. I'm very good. And then suddenly, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So sports are over. Um, so yeah. let me let me I just ask. wanted to briefly mention F1. Oh, please, please. Yeah, I would love to please briefly, talk about super F1. Super briefly. Please. Uh, I've been watching Drive to Survive season two, which I genuinely think is uh, interesting, even if you don't watch F1 or are interested in F1. I think that's totally fine and understandable. But the filmmaking in that show, in that series, is so genuinely great. I think it's like the best editing in that type of series that I've ever seen in my life. That's it's awesome. Truly great. Uh, but yeah, there's a kind of famous thing. Daniel Ricardo, really, really good driver. Really awesome. Has won races, uh, which is not an easy thing to do in F1. He went to like a, a slightly more middling team because he was like, oh, my teammates getting all the attention. If I go somewhere smaller, I could be like a big fish in a small pond as opposed to, you know, just kind of, you know, not getting the attention I want. And that did not go well for him. So that's one of those where it's like, oh, shit. He he made a big gamble and it did not it didn't work out off. super hot for him. Oh, so yeah, F1's much more about teams. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, let's talk about comfort sports, things we might turn to when maybe there's not a lot going on or things that uh, maybe <laughs> off the beaten path. Someone did make a note in our notes that I have to absolutely ask about, and that's the Marbula one. <laughs> what is this? Yes. Uh, did you not? Did you not see that? Uh, basically, like three days into quarantine, uh, there was somebody who posted clips of um, like marble racing down like a sand path. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. no but there's this guy who does like an entire league of, of like <gasps> I've marble this. racing. I've seen this before, but he has, I like, guess professional intros and he commentates the entire thing. Oh my god. So good. Oh my god. But it's gosh. like it's been a thing just because like no one else is watching anything. It yeah. has like a professional presentation and there's like, he does actual qualifying for his marbles. Like <laughs> Oh my god, I love this. This is kind of incredible. Um we'll put up this video in the uh the actual post on the site. He has like the graphics of an F one. Yeah. It's very he's good. Got a, he's got a professional timer in the bottom right hand corner. He's got the little like he's got chirons. This is unbelievable. He's got like multiple shots. Like what space is this? <laughs> it's so oh good. This is this is really wild. He's got ESPN logo. Is he actually sponsored by ESPN in some way? That's, no, I don't think so. Okay, so this is just so. his little fantasy. I mean he does have some the sponsor job he videos. wants, you know. But it's very, it's very good. Oh my god! Unbelievable. It's very good. Fernanda, do do you like partake in in sports besides uh, MMA? Like that? Uh, I don't know. You turn to in troubling times. Uh, I can you still hear me, guys? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought it had gone off for a second. Because uh, the sound was going off. Sorry, could you repeat the question? Oh, yeah. I was just wondering if there were, you know, sports besides MMA that you, like, turned to in in kind of weird times. I mean, we we're talking about this bizarre-ass Marbula 1 thing. But, yeah, I'm, 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 like, looking at, love- I'm looking at the link, and it's... Um, <laughs> It's mesmerizing. It is. Yeah. It, it is. It kind of is. It, it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of incredible. So, no, I, I, what I like, usually, like, that's a weird thing about me. I'm not a big fan of sports in general. I'm a big right. fan of, like, sports content. So gotcha. I'm currently, so I was in Canada, right, and, like, everything's hockey. Um, so I saw this documentary, like, Ice Guardians about the enforcers. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then I started reading a book about one of them, the guy, uh, Derek Bugard, who died um, in a very sad way because he had many issues, as one would sort of expect from a person who gets hit a lot and gets put on right. the ice, basically, with that intent. So um, I, I, that's like kind of, I'm reading that book right now. I love, this is like I go between sports content and true crime. So I'm reading that and Manson. Nice. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, the name of the book is uh, Boy on Ice. And I recently saw a very good uh, tennis movie, Borg versus McEnroe. Um, nice. About the rivalry between Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe. So, like, I love sports movies and sports documentaries and 3430s and books and things like that. So, that's yeah. kind of like what I do to have my sports fix when sports aren't happening. But I don't yeah. really, uh, Marbula One, it's not really the thing that I've been doing. But I mean, I might change. <laughs> My mind, <laughs> it's better than curling, I'm sure. So, oh, jab. Oh, yeah. That's the next thing on this, listen, on this list, li- isn't it? Broomba curling? Yeah, no, like, curling Broomba is one curling. of those. <laughs> curling. Broomba curling I, is better than actual curling. I, I think you're right. <laughs> curling is one of those things that I, I turn on just like the British Bake Off. If I want to, like, sure. lull myself to sleep, I turn on curling. Yeah. It's, and that's not that's not like a dig because like I I think curling is like a silly sport but I also think it's like it's mesmerizing. I am kind of mesmerized by curling and it Question. kind of what? Where do you turn on curling? It is sometimes on ESPN like ESPN two like late at night. I love this. Okay. Um and and when the Olympics are happening, obviously it's happening you know constantly on like you know. Uh, NBC like four or whatever the fuck. Um, it's it's no one cares, but I <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy it. Um, and it, I think it's boy. one of the sports that could genuinely continue because there is no crowd noise. You just hear everyone yelling at each other anyway, um, and you can keep your distance, although you're touching the stones constantly. They'd have to wipe those down every time. <laughs> I actually but have, the cold kills the germs. So. I have a friend who he's a commentator in Mexico City, and he works for like uh, Claro is their big channel, and he works for the Eighth, uh, which is like probably like ESPN Eight, and he does comments for <laughs> drone the racing. Ocho. Drone racing was the one that was drone like, is that racing. a thing? Yep. Oh. And uh, the tag team thing, like competitive the tag, tag team teams. Thing. Like what kind of tag teams? Like tag, like playing tag. Like oh not tag team, the sexual competitive tag. Oh my gosh! Wow, that rules. That's cool. I've seen, I've, I've seen competitive tag because they do like they do tiny parkour in very tiny, yeah. like uh, twenty five by twenty five foot squares. Yeah, 
It's really good. <laughs> wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I've never seen professional tag. Where does one see professional tag? Uh, well, claro, ocho, pero, but I don't think you can okay. get it. <laughs> okay. No, I'm and my friend it is We're an amazing commentator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, Nikki did post some world. Oh my gosh, this is parkour. This is wild. It's like parkour with tagging. Yeah. I want to do I want to do this. You want to do this? How much money do I have to convince Alex to give me to kind of let me kind of just go do this? Um, at PAX next year. Uh, I don't know. Oh my you, god. Just put to, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. Yeah, I guess put something together for me. A proposal. Great. Perfect. We'll do it. <laughs> Um, so it's just like avoid getting touched for 20 seconds. I guess so. Yeah. That's tag, baby. And there's an obstacle course. So <laughs> This is like being chased by a murderer sim simulator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> I'd be good at this. <laughs> you would? Nikki, I've seen you jump off of like a two-foot a two surface and hurt your knee. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's because I wasn't going fast enough. Oh, okay, I see. You gotta I get see. that running start. You know? <laughs> yeah. you gotta get the it's running crucial. start. Um, well, uh, let's let's kind of wrap this thing up. I sports yeah. sports are over. Uh, no more sports ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, listen. I think I think Fernanda kind of uh, uh, hit the nail on the head earlier, talking about kind of the athletic and kind of. A bunch of other outlets that are are doing interesting stuff, talking about cultural cu culture and kind of um, you know uh, always relevant content. It's like sports permeates like so much of our culture, and um, just because things are inactive now doesn't mean that I don't think we can still appreciate sports and the things that we we love about them. So um, even though it's a weird time, I still enjoy having these conversations because I think. Uh, I don't know. It's a big part of a uh, big part of like what makes me tick for sure. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we just have to all get creative in our uh, viewing habits, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Gosh, yeah. I guess we're going to be watching a lot of Marbula one and uh, professional tag. This tag thing sports are coming back. This tag Can I thing is one other thing. Yeah, please. That is a very interesting thing. I, I'm kind of noticing. Yeah. A lot of fighters are doing like Instagram workouts or a lot of like pro, you know, like mm. John Danaher at Henser, Henser Gracie in the city is doing like, oh, releasing a bunch of videos for like solo drills that you can do. So people in like my weird little circle of, of, you know, uh, jujitsu people and like fitness people are like devising home setups and like little home gyms where they can uh, kind of keep in things and at least do something while we're all, while we all can't touch each other for at least a few months. And it has actually been fascinating to see and fascinating to see who is like stepping up into this and being like all right <laughs> let's uh let's do this workout uh friends on online or people who are just like fuck this and like, <laughs> staying out of it so far yeah yeah the 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 portland timbers did their they had a game scheduled for this week or for this past weekend and they just did it in fifa instead and then they <laughs> like live tweeted it which was good wow oh yeah i guess I'll, I'll mention one more thing the the phoenix suns are trying to play through their entire season on twitch on an nba amazing. 2k20 so they yeah they're just like playing professional games they have like their own player that uh plays as the suns i think every single time and then they have like a rotating cast that plays their opponents so that's like a that's very cool way to kind of deal with this 
Um, NBA players are dealing with the the thing by announcing that they have coronavirus and that they should take yeah. it very seriously. Yeah, basically. God, unbelievable. <laughs> by also outing themselves as being privileged enough to get tested uh-huh. immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, if you're playing in the NBA, you're uh, you're a step That's ahead. That's the of only way to everyone. get tested now. Uh huh. Um, pretty wild. So, um, uh, Fernando, where can we find you online? Where can we find you on like Twitter and stuff? Uh, I'm on Twitter with my name, my Nanda Prachis, not my full name. Nanda is a nickname, uh, but there's an underscore at the end of it because there's another Fernanda who stole it and never uh, uses it. So, um, we don't uh, like her. Jack won't return your calls either. <laughs> Uh, so that's Nanda Prachis with an underscore. That's where you find me. But Fernanda Prachis is an easy search, and I'm basically on every freaking platform because I do not yeah. have a life. Um, some would call it social isolation. I call it living. Um, <laughs> but you can find me there on Twitter specifically, and uh, at the Athletic, you can read my stuff if uh, if if you're weird and into that t- sort of thing. <laughs> if you're if you're weird and want to uh consume uh fernando's content uh yeah uh that's awesome uh danielle where can we find you online you can find me on twitter at danielle ri awesome nikki where can we find you at godsua g-o-d-s-e-w-a i'm gonna ask you about that someday but not 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 now uh <laughs> Neopets, that's Neopets. it. That's it. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, that doesn't help at all. That doesn't help me at all. No. It really doesn't explain a thing. It doesn't. <laughs> um, Dylan, where can we find you? And I, I think you and Fernanda have something in common. Oh, I'm at Skiffington underscore. There you go. <laughs> because the, the the regular at Skiffington account is taken by somebody who works for Congress, oh. whose first name is Whoa. Skiffington. Oh. He has uh, Skiffington Holderness, which is somehow whiter than my name. holderness i'm dying that's unbelievable uh okay you can find me john at floppy adult you can find fanbyte at fanbyte media you can also find fanbyte on instagram and tiktok at fanbyte uh check out all of our podcasts fanbyte.com slash podcasts um I do a morning and evening news show. The morning one's super late today because I'm doing this instead, but we have a lot to talk about with the PlayStation 5 specs dropping, so uh, that'll be fun. Um, uh, there's the FanWidth uh, feed, which has our prestige kind of uh, podcasty content. We did some great stuff yesterday. We did a review of Persona 5 Royal, if you want to go check that out. Uh, that was really cool. And also FanWidth uh, went up yesterday, which is our flagship podcast. And gosh, it was a blast to record yesterday. It was very fun. Um, and then we also have the fan, fan Fight feed, which you're listening to right now. It's got a great show on Fridays with Danielle and LB Hunktier is the Fan Fight editor who covers all of our professional wrestling content. They have a great discussion every week, one about an MMA match and one about a uh, professional wrestling match and they kind of compare notes and context and it's a very good show um oh, thank you yes i enjoy it a lot and there's also this show sports middle if you like it okay because you're gonna need some content in sports <laughs> we've covered this let us be your content let us be your content like let us do this um if you liked 
uh, having Fernanda on the show as much as we did. We still want to do like more guests on the show every week. So I think that would be a really awesome thing. Uh, like and subscribe, like leave a nice review that helps us out a lot. Um, Can we talk about Chop next week? Is that sports? Chops? Yeah, I think Chop yeah. is sports. I mean, this is going to turn into the podcast where we basically just like figure out everything that's a sport and everything that's not. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nikki, do you want to send us out like uh, an outro that we have not rehearsed? Yeah, sure. Here's the outro. When sports comes a knocking, we come a talking. <laughs> My God, that's fucking good. That's actually great. Uh, but there's no sports knocking right now. Ah, shut uh, up, Dylan. Like Dylan, no, no, now we fucked it up. We need another no, no, outro. No. Oh no, it's us who's knocking on no, sports No, I got stores. another. I have another one. Ready? Okay, okay. Um, when you when the sports kick the bucket, we come and yell fuck it. Oh, okay. I was wondering where you were going with that. I was wondering where you were going with that, but that ended up in an okay place. Uh, All right, folks, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye. Thank you, Thank you. This in. Do we scare her? <laughs> this is Buck Wild. Okay. What happened? Can you hear oh. us? Ah, there we go. Hello? What happened? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. We don't know what happened, but I will tell you it's going to remain in the show because yeah, it is very good. Funny. Oh, God. You couldn't hear me at all? No. no. I made like no, a silly little joke, just... and you guys laughed so hard at it that I was like, something's wrong. <laughs> oh no <laughs> all right you know what we're gonna we're gonna rewind this just okay, okay.